Hello, I'm Jeffrey Proctor, and welcome to another episode of a brief Naval History podcast. I hope you enjoyed the last installment marking the, season, the start of Season 3, and my seven-year-old son, Tucker, who started the episode, has expressed quite a lot of interest in making another one. Well, we'll see about that in the future. Over the weekend, I had the pleasure of visiting the American Heritage Museum in Hudson, Massachusetts, which contains some outstanding vehicle relics from military history. Among their collection is a Scud mobile launcher, which I've written about at jeffreyproctor.wordpress.com, and you can see some pictures of this menacing weapon and its delivery vehicle. In the meantime, I hope you stay safe wherever you are, and please enjoy Episode 2. A Brief Naval History of the Next Arctic Base In May 2021, a BBC reporter and other journalists were given a special tour of a new Russian base in the Franz Josef Land Island Group. The base offers facilities for year-round aircraft, including radar, a sauna and surgery, and can house approximately 150 troops. It is also reportedly a home for strategic nuclear forces. The base is protected by bastion anti-ship missiles towed around by trucks. Such an installation was designed so that, in the words of one member of the military, quote, the enemy shall not pass. The Russians claimed to have intercepted a Norwegian intelligence-gathering aircraft in the region. If someone wanted to invade the base, they'd have to break through a fair amount of sea ice, survive temperatures of minus 50 degrees centigrade, and even then, there are polar bears. Island bases are established for many reasons. Sometimes a country wants to strike a flag on a distant spot of real estate and further its holdings. Perhaps an island is within striking range of a target. Or maybe an island can be used to guard something else. In this case, global warming has done something rather interesting in the Arctic Circle, making it much easier for a commercial ship to travel from Russia's northern ports to the Pacific without the conspicuous problem of seasonal ice. According to an article in the New York Times, summer ice isn't as thick as it was in the 1980s. That alone suggests that commercial vessels are willing to frequent the northern shipping route with more gusto. So, to protect shipping interests you must have military resources within range of that shipping. There is already a fair amount of defensive language tossed about by both Russia and the United States regarding Franz Joseph Land. According to the BBC, the commander of the Northern Fleet believed that the region had not elicited so strong a reaction since the Second World War. Yet the island group has always been there, and remains both a scientific and strategic challenge. The 192 islands of Franz Josef Land are 900 kilometers from the North Pole. They cover an extraordinary 16,000 square miles. For perspective, that's somewhere between the size of East Timor and Swaziland. The group is also part of Russia's Arctic National Park. It is bordered to the north by the Arctic Ocean and to the south by the Barents Sea. A polar observatory and radio meteorological station in this group was part of a collection of Russia's northernmost outposts, with the station on Prince Rudolf Island being almost on top of the world. Arctic research has been conducted in this region for decades. Five aircraft took off from Moscow on 22 March 1937 and landed on Rudolf Island, and the ice around this island was discovered to be strong enough to serve as an informal airfield. 
In the Second World War, German U-boats were active in Russia's Arctic backyard, laying mines and shipping channels and coastal waterways and going after convoys. In his essay, The Conduct of the War at Sea, Admiral Carl Dunitz mentioned that a system of weather stations, partly manned and partly automated, were established between Franz Joseph Land and Greenland. According to the Center for Strategic and International Studies, Franz Joseph Land was reinforced during the Cold War with a snowstrip, no doubt for rugged field-equipped aircraft, a radar company, weather station, and some intelligence-gathering capability. With the collapse of the Soviet Union, Russian military presence was cut down to around 50 personnel. Yet after 2008, Russia put more resources into the island group for a better handle on their northern shipping route, access to the mainland, and various economic resources. It is worth mentioning that the Barents Sea, once believed to have as much oil as the nation of Kuwait, has been tapped in only particular areas. One report released in 2020 suggested that as much as 3 billion standard cubic meters of oil equivalents, an equivalent being the energy output from a single barrel of oil, still exists in the Barents. So once again, there are many reasons for keeping and reinforcing a military base in the middle of nowhere. Is it any wonder that the radar system installed on Alexandra Land Island, the westernmost island of the group, is a Sopka 2, a radar capable of high-resolution tracking in very nasty elements? Things have changed in the Arctic, and not changed, but Franz Joseph Land isn't going anywhere. Thank you for listening to another Naval History Podcast. To read some of my articles, please visit jeffreyproctor.wordpress.com or veteransremember.com.